I love the holiday season. I love Thanksgiving. I love just eating until I feel uncomfortable. I love December because it's basically a whole month of Christmas. I'm not one to complain if I walk into Home Depot in the middle of November and the Christmas decorations are already up. You know, I might complain uh, to whoever I'm with, but inside I'm kind of really excited about it. I love the cheesy Christmas songs and the fact that, you know, everywhere you go, there's so much color and so much light. I don't even mind the crowds at the mall. I even like going to the mall just to be inside those crowds while Christmas music plays in the mall speakers and I can hear the distant sound of carolers somewhere in the mall, maybe somewhere near the hot topic. It's just that everything says be happier. Look, here's some twinkling lights. Be happier. Hey, listen to this cheery Christmas song. Be happier. And it works for me. And in that almost magical state, yeah, I think it's magical. It's easy to forget that regular life just continues for everyone. You know, that the mundaneness of, of, of our days just keep going. And that's what this episode is about. This episode is about everything else that happens while the lights twinkle and the star above the tree glows and the cheery songs bounce up and down inside your head. So stay tuned. Our first story comes from producer Anaí Rios. She interviews Hermila, and through her story, we learn what it's like to live with the weight of the loss of a parent. For many people, the holidays means being united with your family and having fun. For Hermila, this isn't the case. Dealing with the loss of a parent and the loneliness that comes from that has changed Hermila's perspective on what family is for her. What do the holidays mean for you? It really doesn't it really doesn't mean anything to me. My dad passed away 12 years ago. He passed away in a bus accident on his way to go visit our house. And he was on his way over there with my uncle. And yeah, he didn't make it so far. The bus was all the way on top of the hill and like it went rolling down. When was the last time you saw him? When I was five. My dad was the type of person to get drunk, talk about his life, <laughs> and he did everything. <laughs> I'm not gonna be like, oh, it's the same. It's like, yeah. it's like you know, it's totally different. No, it's it's more difficult for me to like for right now, like during the holidays, because it's like, oh well, yeah, like you know, you're supposed to be spending the time with your mm-hmm. family, and then during like. January, February, it's like, oh, it's a little different. Because then you feel like, oh, yeah, you don't have to be with your family. It's more like, oh, yeah, you can just be alone and just hang out. I had to grow up really fast. I didn't have any time to play with my Barbies. I didn't have any time to do anything. All busy taking care of my little brother. It has made me the person that I am now, I guess. I'm a little bit more independent. I don't rely on my mom anymore as much mm-hmm. as I used to. I have my my moments. Mm-hmm. I just think about how it would be if he was here and how things wouldn't be the way they are right now. It just makes me think just if he was here, maybe I could be a little happier. Maybe my family would be a little bit more united. Mm-hmm. 
How do you think you're gonna be doing this year during the holidays? I feel like I'm gonna take it really hard. And I think it's gonna be a little bit more difficult this year because my mom actually wants now celebrate Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. but not Christmas. So we're gonna do something for Thanksgiving. I was like, I don't know. Last year, we didn't do anything. Two years before, we just went over to my cousin's house for like about half an hour and then we left. We really don't do anything. I feel like my mom thinks that we shouldn't do anything because it's like, why are we gonna enjoy the holidays while 12 years ago we were burying your dad? During October, November, December, I isolate myself. Mm -hmm. I like, push everyone away. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna do my own thing. You're just gonna do your own thing. I just like put myself in a little room and just cry. Why do you think you isolate yourself? So I don't want anyone to ask me what's wrong. How are you feeling? Because the more you ask me, the more I'm like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. Do you have anyone that like you can talk to like that? At times, I do. At times, I can talk to my sister about it. And at the same time, it turns like, oh yeah. Till this day, like I see, like you know, we we share like elementary and middle mm -hmm. school. I see like like their dads, like okay, like I'll pick you up after school. Wait mm -hmm. for me here. I think that's really hard. It's just like I didn't have anyone to wait for me after school. Mm -hmm. I didn't have anyone to walk me to school. Shucks. Like I was the last person, mm -hmm. last kid that would leave from school. My mom would take me to school early in the morning. She would pack my little things where I could be ready. I would be like at school like at 6, 6.30. My mom would pick me up at 5, 5.30. I was always the last one to leave. Does your little brother ever like feel like he's missed out just because he does, he hasn't had like a holiday with your, with your dad or yeah, like a normal holiday, mm -hmm. let's say? I think two years ago, he was in the closet, and I could hear him go, like, he was, like, crying, and I went to the closet and asked him what's wrong. He was like, it sucks how you got to spend time. He was like, maybe you didn't, you weren't with him for a long time, but I don't know anything about my dad. I don't know what it is, how it feels to have a dad, but what's that? What is that? That sucks. To hear, you know, someone be like, I don't know what that is. It does suck because he he tells me he's like, oh yeah, look at like our cousins, like how we are with their dad. They go like on like road trips with their dad. Mm -hmm. They go like take soccer with dad. I can't play soccer with my mom. My mom's scared of the ball. <laughs> he's like, no, I don't know. It sucks. How do you like try not to forget about your dad? Like. Do you ever fear of letting go of those memories? I do. I feel like every year is different. Like every year that like November, December come around, I lose a little bit of him. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, is that is that what actually happened? Is he like, is that how he actually lived? I forget a lot, and I'm really scared that like one day it's gonna be like, yeah, I don't know, I don't know anything about my dad. How do you describe your dad in like? A couple words or like a sentence. My dad was caring, loving, and always gave back. 
to everyone. Mm-hmm. Did that like? Did he pass it on to you? Like, do you see that you do? Or you're getting some of his characteristics now. Yeah, my dad didn't really care. Like, like if he was going through something, and like someone else was going through, he would like not want to talk about his problems, and he would help others out and I do the same thing like maybe I'm going through a rough week mm-hmm. and it's like I see someone like oh like I'm having a really bad day it's like okay like you talk to me about your problems you open up to me so like when your friends say that like they hate like their parents or they wish they weren't alive or any comment like that how does that make you feel you feel really angry I don't like hearing that or like being like oh my dad didn't buy me this my mom didn't get me what I wanted, you know, it's like, I was like, I hate them, like, I wish they were dead. Mm-hmm. It's like, don't ever say that. Like, for me, growing up without my dad for 12 years already, it's really hard. Mm-hmm. I don't, like, if he didn't buy you anything, oh, hey, that's fine, you still have your dad. I don't have my dad. Yeah. I never have him around again. How does that, like, make you treat your mom? I treat my mom like if she's like my world because she is my world. Mm-hmm. She's everything to me. I try to do everything that I can to mm-hmm. help her out around the house, help her financially, help her really in anything. What kind of challenges do you think like each of your family members have gone through, like your mom, your sister, or your brother? My sister went through depression, actually. She took it she handled it really differently we couldn't have any pictures of my dad around we had to throw all of his clothes away everything we even had to move out from our old apartment to the apartment that we are now in mm-hmm. my mom she started drinking when it happened my mom started smoking too she started doing a lot of things to i guess help her like forget about it my little brother I mean, he grew up without a father figure. Mm-hmm. Oh, can you like tell me a little bit more about like your family members and like how they helped? I actually have an older brother, which is he's thirty-two, I believe. My brother, my older brother, stayed with us. He moved in with us when it all happened. He helped us a lot. He helped, I guess, raise my little brother in a way and like discipline him. And. Yeah. We had my brother help us. My family helped us at the beginning, but as like as we started growing older, like okay, like like now they told my mommy like now you handle it. That's they're like they're old enough to take care of themselves. Like they really don't need our help anymore. Do you feel? Do you still feel like you need help, or do you feel like you have you don't like you can do things on your own? I feel like I still need help is we all need help it's not like oh yeah like you're 15 years old you're 17 years old like all of a sudden you don't need anyone so i'm always gonna need someone to help me out to hear me out Hermela's perspective of family has changed over time. After seeing her mother and siblings struggle with the loss of her father she has come to a realization that she needs to be there for her family I don't want you to think that like, oh yeah, like what you have right now isn't enough. We're very lucky at our school to have a very strong support system for students who struggle with attendance, with academics, with making choices about college and career. 
Christy Martin is one of those people who provides that support for our students, and she's had to move quite a long distance to be here on our campus. Producer Ira Rayo del Sol has that story. In this segment, we have Christy Martin. Many of you might be familiar with her. She's the smallest intern of Miss Goodwin with long hair who randomly pulls out students from your classroom. So it's not an internship. I'm actually an AmeriCorps member, so my title is College and Career Ambassador. I've been given a caseload of sophomores and juniors to try to get them thinking about college and, you know, graduation and what's to come afterwards. Let's talk about her experience. Holidays are kind of a big thing in my family, actually. So um, they asked me if I was going to come home for Thanksgiving, and I just didn't really see the point because I would only be there for like a full two days because Mm -hmm. I have to work still. So I didn't see a point in spending two days of travel to only have two days of family time. So I just decided to push off the whole Thanksgiving visit and... um, Yeah, so I'll be spending it alone, or without my family, pretty much. Hopefully not completely alone, but yeah, it'll be the first time that I won't be at home. I've been here for maybe four months, Uh since August, so I feel like I've changed a lot. I've grown and come to understand how the world works a little bit more, because when you're living under your parents' roof, you kind of are sheltered. Mm -hmm. You don't realize the little costs of things that are normally just in your kitchen like oh yeah paper towel okay let me get some of that but no that costs money and so Uh it's just eye-opening but exciting so I enjoy living on my own yeah (laughs) definitely you would say yeah how do you usually um spend your holidays in Chicago well usually if we're talking about Thanksgiving my mom cooks or my sister cooks and we have this big Thanksgiving feast pretty much. I have a pretty big family. My mom uh, remarried when Mm -hmm. I was a freshman in high school. So he had five other kids and my mom had four kids (laughs) and then they had a kid together. So now it's the 10 of us. So that's um, a lot. (laughs) Yeah, it's a lot of kids. Um, They're all older, though. The -hmm. oldest is 38 or something. And then my oldest sister is 35. But she also has four kids. So when we come together, it's like a really big ordeal and it's always fun. There's always Mm -hmm. so much food. And my stepdad is Puerto Rican, actually. So they make a lot of Puerto Rican cuisine along with the traditional Thanksgiving. Do you think you will feel alone? I hope I don't. But I don't think I will. As long as I have like food made that I could eat, (laughs) as long as I make myself a bowl of stuffing, like I'll be fine, I think. So... I'm going to try and not feel alone. Maybe I'll call them, or they probably will call me, FaceTime me, or my sister might Snapchat me or something, so. Since you have a lot of family. Yeah. (laughs) I might get a few of the options. Yeah. Yeah, I'll probably, they'll probably call me and be like, we miss you, and then make me feel bad. And then, and then be like, we have a little on here. I'm going to be like, don't send me any pictures of food. I'll be so sad. Because <laughs> nothing's going to compare to my mom's cooking. But what about your family? What did they think about you not going home for Thanksgiving? I think they felt sad that I couldn't come home because they wanted to see me. And of course, they didn't want me to have to spend Thanksgiving like away from them. But I think they kind of get it. I don't want to be on the plane (laughs) for like a short amount of time. Yeah, like when it's only going to be for two days. 
Yeah. What is the bright side of spending the holiday alone? I think it's a growing opportunity and it just... It's going to allow me to maybe, like, discover myself a little bit more instead of having the, you know, the crutch of your family always um, underneath you. I guess this whole experience for me, moving out on my own, this is actually my first time living on my own here in L.A. as well. So it's just a bunch of new things coming into my life, and it's really shaping me as a person. It's teaching me a lot of responsibility, and um, I think spending this holiday alone will somewhat make me sad but also help me realize like I can do things on my own and I don't need my family for every single thing mm -hmm. and it's really gonna you know cut the cord so to speak from um, relying completely on you know my family for everything and this is how Christie's Thanksgiving went it was interesting I actually woke up pretty late that day because I had gone out the night before mm -hmm. and so I woke up at like 12.30 p.m. and like I walk out and like my roommates have like all this food already made mm -hmm. and so I was like oh hey and they're like yeah the food's gonna be done in like an hour and I was like okay cool mm -hmm. so it was nice to wake up and not have to do anything like literally I just showered and the food was already ready we were actually watching movies that day too so after we ate kind of just shared our own little bits of our family and what we miss and then I talked about um, my grandma because I really miss her I miss everything her wisdom her knowledge her quirkiness I guess mm -hmm. her sometimes I miss that smell that she has <laughs> and it's a mixture of cigarette smoke wine and coffee yeah you can't find it in a scented candle or something <laughs> from the last time that we spoke you talked about food and how you miss your mom's cooking right mm -hmm. besides the food what else did you miss i just miss the conversation the mm -hmm. whole liveliness the guests coming in and out of the house because we would always host it. Since you got to experience new um, things here in LA, would you say that you're thankful that you got to experience a new way of celebrating the holiday or do you still want to go back home? I'm thankful for this opportunity to experience it maybe alone or with different people, mm -hmm. but like for future endeavors, like I wouldn't mind making that trip home. I could see now that it might be worth it, even if it's just for a few days. Yeah. Probably because I missed everyone and Thanksgiving is kind of a good like reunion for my family and stuff. So I had wished I was a part of it especially because they called me and it's like oh like we miss you and I'm like well yeah of course I miss you guys too but I'm over here <laughs> like I would try and like have it an extended time even like I would have tried to request a day off or something like that instead of um just not thinking about it because I guess I just figured I wasn't gonna go home so I didn't even try I didn't even put the thought in my head of the possibility of going home for Thanksgiving yeah. because funds and all that <laughs> <laughs> I guess I kind of wanted to see how it would be it was like a test holiday like uh -huh. definitely wouldn't spend Christmas alone yeah. <laughs> yeah. always gotta go home for that. what advice can you give to other people that has the same situation as yours 
So I would advise anyone that's going to spend the holiday alone if they're used to that whole family gathering type of atmosphere for a holiday to maybe not plan ahead, but prepare themselves for being possibly alone. Mm -hmm. Like if they have roommates, coordinate with them, see what they're doing. If they're not going home, try to hang out with them. Or if you're in college and you have some friends that are also not going home, do a Friendsgiving. And also just not having any kind of expectations so you can't be let down. Mm -hmm. Like don't expect it to be anything like how it usually is because your family isn't going to be there. So it's never going to be the same, Mm -hmm. but you can allow it to be something different, you know, accept it as a new experience. (laughs) (laughs) Once a new chapter opens, we take this opportunity to have personal growth and become more independent. But through this, we also realize how our family has taken care of us so much to the point where being away makes us feel lonely even with company. Distance and absence will all be worth it, and it will give us something to look forward during the holidays. Our next story is about the search for home, about all that we take with us when we're displaced. Production manager Louis Ui has that story for us. Hello there, far away listeners. We have one of our producers, Kayla Ibarra. She shares her experience with the holidays and what it was like to leave her biological parents and be put into a foster care system with her sister. By caring for herself and her sister, holidays fade into a background as she was forced to focus on growing up quick. How was it like to um, living with your parents? Tell us about more like about your parents. Uh, before I went to foster care, um, I mean, there was a lot going on. I think, uh, well, the reason I went to foster care was uh, mainly due to uh, well, the courts and my social workers always explained it to me when I was little that um, we didn't live in sanitary conditions or like good conditions. And um, it was like on the basis of like abuse and neglect. And I was um, with my sister who um, has Down syndrome and autism. So that was also a big part of lack of care. Um, and so... Growing up, it was kind of rough. Uh, My stepfather was a drug dealer and super violent and aggressive. Uh, And my mother had had a stroke like about a year before I went to foster care. And so like her brain wasn't the same after. And so she was already like trying to balance like working jobs and like um, taking care of her kids. But then after that, it was just like, like no one was really taking care of us. And so I was like... I was like eight when I went into foster care or I just turned nine actually. But like, since I was about six, I had been taking care of my sister and like, I pretty much had a lot of responsibilities that, you know, a young kid shouldn't have to deal with, but, um, yeah, so it was, it was hard at times. I remember like we didn't have a bed most, most of my childhood and Christmases were always kind of weird because we lived away from all of our family in Wisconsin Um, but I always remember it still as like, it was still kind of like cool 
um, mostly because of the kindness of others, like my aunt and uncle who would send me and my sister presents when my parents could afford, couldn't afford them. And, uh, people who are from like human services, like delivering presents to like the impoverished kids. Cause I was like super poor when we were, when I was growing up. And so, yeah, it was always, it always just seemed like all my memories of that are kind of like gloomy, but, um, like, I guess like Christmases like that are not, they're like the, my better memories of growing up. But I mean, did you and your sister, um, like, are, were you guys together when you guys were transferred in foster care? Oh my God. Luckily, yes. Um, like, especially since she had Down syndrome and autism, like we were lucky enough to get placed into a home that would take like regular kids and kids who were um, differently abled, like my sister. And so throughout those three years, we not only luckily got to stay in the same home, but we also got to stay together until, um, we were both like moved out after three years, which was, uh, which was really nice. Although, uh, when we were moved out, my sister had turned 18 before the court dates, um, that decided I would stay with my aunt and uncle. So she became a ward of the state of Wisconsin. Um, but she went to, uh, a group home for the differently able. And so like I visit her every summer and like people are really nice there and like they take really good care of her cause she needs like 24 seven assistance. Kayla, you mentioned before you left foster care, your sister was transferred to a group home. What was that like for you? Um, I mean, it was just kind of weird. Uh, like, because she had been with me the entire time in foster care and throughout my entire life until that point. But I think it was like as if, um, you know, your sister goes off to college and it's like, oh, she's just going to be away from like for a while. Um, like I was, I would still be able to visit her and stuff. Like I visit her during the summers now, but it was kind of hard. Cause then it was like, Oh, like I don't have like the daily thing that I can like run to if I feel awkward or if I feel uncomfortable and want to, um, distract myself with some type of, um, like job, which was like caring for my sister being like, Oh, what's she doing right now? Like, does she need something? Or, uh, like maybe I'll go play with her and stuff. Keep her like occupied or entertained. So it was kind of, it was just, it was just really awkward. Um, and of course it was super quiet around the house too. Cause she always liked to verbalize and, um, like make a lot of sounds and stuff. So there's always noise happening, but it was just quiet. And I mean, I guess I felt a little lonely after that and then continuing on cause I'd never been an only child before. So especially moving to California and it's only me and my aunt and uncle, um, it was a little difficult because, uh, I guess like I'm the only one to get yelled at and I'm the only one with expectations in the house. So like all the time, like I'm the one that everyone's focusing on and that made me very uncomfortable, I guess, because like, even if I was getting yelled at, like in foster care or before, like I wasn't the, like the constant source of, um, or the constant target for, um, stress or like stuff that was happening with other people. Like it was like shared among me and my sister and like other kids. And so it was just kind of hard. And I thought like I felt in that way, like I was taking on like even more um, responsibility than I had before, because I think like caring for kids is easy and like it's something I really love to do. Like I love children. Um, I love working with um, people like my sister and people who are uh, 
you know, differently abled. Because um, I think it's easy and like I, I, I just naturally like to do it. But when I didn't have that, it was like I was like my mask of happiness that I could get from like that task and being of service to other people was kind of ripped away from me. And I think the, the biggest impact of that is then when I went into like seventh and eighth grade and then high school, I became really lazy, not necessarily like like lazy and disengaged, like I didn't want to do anything, but lazy in the sense that um, like I wasn't always on top of my homework or I wasn't running myself around the house and instead was like running myself ragged with like school and constantly taking up extracurricular activities or um, being involved with like student government or like speech and debate or choir, or MMA or dance team or musical theater. Um, and so I would always just pick up these activities because I felt like like I was trying to fill um, the gaps that I still had from foster care within myself and the big gap that was left when my sister wasn't around anymore and like I was the only one. So I felt that since I was the only one being looked at all the time and focused on, especially at home, because my aunt and uncle, of course, were concerned for my future and wanted to help me along since I'd just been in foster care and like a horrible home situation. So they had high expectations for me and it was just so I found myself like going towards like perfectionism and like always trying to do everything right. And so the lazy sense comes into like like doing a little bit worse in school because um, if I couldn't do everything perfectly, I, I wouldn't do it at all or I wouldn't turn it in. And that made it uh, really difficult. So assimilating into a house that not only was a completely different region than I'd already been in, um, different school, different uh, like um, people around, like more culture and stuff, but also assimilating into a home life where I'm a single child. So how does that experience still affect you today? Um, I mean, I, I guess I try to not um, let my childhood define me anymore. I, I know what the first probably three to four years that I lived in California, which was actually just last year. I didn't until I got into senior year, I didn't start like doing a lot of like self-reflection about like myself as a person. Uh, I guess in my future until I had to start applying for colleges and like figuring out who I was and what I wanted to do with my life. But definitely up until at, at least last year, uh, I found myself uh, just like pitting myself a lot and um, just like finding myself in this place of a victim, even though I wasn't in that situation anymore, I, I guess I still felt like a victim and I would I'd be like really sad about stuff that I had no control over. And so I try not to do that too much anymore um, because, well, it's not healthy and um, it doesn't make me feel good about myself and it doesn't help me in any way. So I guess I try to focus on who I am and what I learned from it. Um, and I guess from I guess since I was a child, I learned like <laughs> so, like I, more going into foster care and finding out that my parents weren't like great people um, it was more of how can I not how can I change the cycle or break the cycle and change my future in order to be my own person and not feel like my parents have control 
over my future and my outcomes. In terms of breaking the cycle, Kayla is now applying to colleges. She is also in the process of being adopted by her aunt and uncle. Hopefully this holiday season and in the future, she will feel at home and secure in her place as a young adult. Our final story of this episode is about the way in which divorce sometimes pulls young people into the ugly situation of having to choose sides or having to choose with which parent to spend the holidays. Producer Carlos Rivera has that story. It's holiday season and Christmas is right around the corner. Like the great Andy Williams once said, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Joy in the air, families all around are enjoying this wondrous holiday together. But not everyone can be together for Christmas. Our friend Marino, who like many other people, have had their holidays disjointed. So, you say your parents are divorced. Yeah, that's right. How long? For about most of my life, um, maybe 15 years now. Would you say they ended on good terms? Definitely not. Why not? Well, once they got separated, they didn't know who should go with who, how would they take care of certain individuals, like the, like the elder brothers or like the younger ones, like... They, they took all of that into consideration, and it just went off from there. So who are you staying with now? As of right now, I'm staying with my mom. And did you decide that? Yeah, I decided by my own hand. If you don't mind my asking, why did you decide this? And I stayed with my dad trying to seek that father figure, and, like, it could have never—I could have never gotten out from him. Like, he was always so stuck up and stubborn— that all those 15 years, ever since they got divorced and I stayed with my dad, I still couldn't get that father figure off of anyone, actually. Who do you enjoy spending Christmas with the most? Um, in, enjoying, I guess I, I, I don't enjoy none, both of them. I don't enjoy at all because in the end, like I would wish to spend it with both of them. So it's the same. How does it make you feel knowing that you can't spend Christmas with your entire family together? It's pretty off, kind of devastating to the point. And um, spending my Christmas with just one part of the family is devastating because even though I stay with my dad throughout the whole year, every single holiday I get to choose where, where am I going to spend it at. Both parents don't want me to spend it in both ever for some reason they never say oh go over there and then come here later and like it's always they always say choose one and it's really hard for me because no child no son or daughter should ever choose between the both people who brought them to this world and every single time there's a holiday I always fate I always feel this weight on my shoulders and it's it's a really awful feeling. 
So every year you only celebrate with one parent? Yes. Have you talked to your parents about the way these decisions make you feel? No, I don't bring up my feelings to them because I don't think it would matter to them. Like, they'd be like, oh, is that how you feel? And then they'd be like, so who are you going to spend it with then? Like, the question would still be brought up and it's the same old story. You mentioned you have siblings, right? Yeah. Do they go through the same thing? Um, not really, because I'm like in the middle of I'm I'm in the middle of my siblings as revolving in age wise. So the little ones mainly stay with my mom. You know, they're like, oh, I want to be a mommy. Like, like they don't even choose. Like, they're, they're just gonna be with my mom, and and the the older ones. Like, they don't care. They, like, they're like, okay, like, they, they have their own family. They spend it with, their, with themselves. And so me being the middle child, I have to choose, like, where am I going to spend it? Like, who am I going to spend it with? So I'm basically the only one in the family who, who has to choose, who's, like, forced to choose who's going to, with who am I going to spend it with? How is it different between spending it with your mom and spending it with your dad? With my dad, I guess it's a bit different because my dad has been living in the same building ever since I've been born. So I know all the neighbors and, you know, it's cool. There's neighbors, family members. So there's a lot of interaction. And with my mom, since she also lives far and she's been moving from place to place, it's it's been difficult because it's just us and it's cool, you know, spending Christmas with your own family. But sometimes like, you run out of stuff to talk about and it's just quiet. Like Christmas is not supposed to be really quiet, you know. It's, yeah, it feels very lonely. Um, there's this one time in Christmas that I was, I spent it in my dad's that, that year and Obviously, you know, I call my mom and I say, hey, like, Merry Christmas, Mom. And she's like, Merry Christmas, mijo. And she started to cry, and I was like, don't cry. I didn't even want to ask why, because I kind of knew why. She, and I said, don't cry, Mom. I'll, I'll be there next year. And she just said, like, but I want you with me all the time. Why? She asked me, she said, why'd you choose your dad's this year? And and I felt awful, and I... I I couldn't explain to her, and I didn't explain to her. And that Christmas, that after that phone call finished, I had that thought in my mind the whole night after that. And I just felt guilty for making a decision that I was forced to. The same feeling about wanting to spend it with both families, I think, I think that's the main thing that crushes down every single holiday that the the thrive and just the the wish of just spending it with both families that's that's the only thing that hits hard in every holiday if you asked your parents to spend the holidays together what do you think their reaction would be <laughs> uh i think kind of like my reaction right now since I'm laughing, it's kind of a, I think they would see it as a joke. They'd be like, wait, what? Like, what kind of question is that? Because they both have their partners, you know? And unfortunately, um, my dad's wife, 
does not have a good relationship with my mom, so it's really impossible for that to happen. Make Christmas a sad event now? Well, Christmas, I feel like it will forever be like a good holiday because at the end of the day, no matter no matter where I spend it with, like no matter who I spend it with, it's a good experience and, and they always make sure that I have fun and that our siblings have fun. So at the end, Christmas is always enjoyable. How different do you think the holidays would be for you if your family was still together? I personally think it would be really different and and also warm. Like, I've, I've actually had dreams, like my both families spending a holiday together and it's just way too better than what I'm experiencing now. All right, that's it for our show today. Thank you again for remaining loyal listeners to our podcast. And, you know, if you know someone who would like our show, who you think would like our show, spread the word. If you're a high school student and you have friends in other schools, tell them about it. Tell them there are young people telling their stories to others and that maybe they should listen too. Oh, yeah. And we also have some uh, some 408 pins. I know that you've probably seen them, you know, on people's backpacks or on their shirts. Um, if you'd like one and you have a dollar to donate to our podcast, please stop by Room 408. Our program today was produced by Anaí Rios, Ira Rayos del Sol, Tania Mendoza, and Carlos Rivera. Our creative directors for this episode are Reina Morales, Jesriel de Rojas, Jose Olvera, and Eunice Choi. Our production managers for this episode are Vanessa Reyes, Shania Maestrado, Louis Uy, and Maria Monzon. Our marketing team is rocking our school and its members are Sally Melchor, Jesse Luna, Carlos Garcia, and Alison Ambrosio. I'm executive producer Andres Reconco. Please follow us on Instagram at the 408 and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Thank you for listening. Tune in next month for another episode of the 408.